you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. everybody it's monday november 21st 2022 welcome to the nfl fantasy football show it's me your man mg marcus grant joined by michael f florio and the specialist cast of dozens that was put on this show each and every week of course uh, the world cup is underway we'll have some world cup themed stuff going on i i know you're not you're not necessarily a big soccer fan but you got to be at nope. least kind of usa'd out for this thing right uh this is about maybe, as, not, maybe not apparel wise yeah so this is about <laughs> as usa'd out as i could get unless you wanted me to wear a bunch of bills gear looking like a homer after beating the browns uh <laughs> I, i'm not a big soccer guy but you know it's fun to to cheer on usa yeah. and and it's more like everyone in the office is very excited for it <laughs> so i'll be like yeah go usa right just get swept up in the whole emotion of it it's all about you know usa it's you know it's always usa versus the world but now it's especially <laughs> USA versus the world for the next month. Uh, we got plenty to talk about. We'll have our five biggest takeaways from week 11, some waiver wire targets. Plus, 
We will talk about some players that could get you, hopefully, into the fantasy playoffs and maybe even help you win it once you get there. But let's start with some fantasy headlines and big news out of Chicago. Justin Fields suffered a left shoulder injury on the Bears' final drive Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons. Now, Fields finished the game, but afterwards told the media that he's in a good amount of pain. He is expected to get an MRI on Monday. The Bears are in New York to take on the Jets next week. Justin Fields has been amazing. He has been the QB1 over the last few weeks. He's done a whole lot for that offense. If he misses time, what does this mean for the Bears and their fantasy prospects? Stay far away. Like, if, if Justin Fields is gone, I, I don't – David Montgomery would be in play because there's no Khalil Herbert there and, and volume. I just anticipate he would get something like 20-plus touches. But outside of that – I wouldn't want Darnell Mooney. I wouldn't want Cole Komet. First of all, I already want to stay away from as many Bears this week outside of fields as possible because they're playing the Jets. Darnell Mooney's going to get sauced. I mean, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, I, I just – if Fields sits, I think this becomes an offense that you play the starting running back and you get away from as everything else. Well, and even in that case, I would still be worried about Montgomery. You mm -hmm. mentioned the volume. That's sort of the saving grace there. But – if he becomes the only thing you really have to worry about, then it becomes harder for him to run the football as well. Just at a point when I felt like Montgomery was back to sort of being a fringe RB1 with no Khalil Herbert, this potentially throws a wrench in that whole thing. Bad news out of Atlanta, and this just came down just before we started recording this show. Kyle Pitts is believed to have suffered a torn MCL against the Bears that would require surgery. This news comes after an MRI today, also comes via our own Ian Rappaport. Now the reports are that Pitts wants to have a second opinion, but Florio, I mean, if he has surgery, that means the season is over for him. It's been a very frustrating season, not getting the target share we expected in an offense that does not throw the ball a whole lot. And I don't know, I guess it's, I keep talking about us losing consistent, you know, productive tight ends. Pitts hasn't really been that, but it's still a really frustrating end for a player that really has a lot of talent. Yeah, and... and while Pitts has failed to live up to our expectations, he is one of those tight ends that's in, like, the tight end blob where it's like, you know, you got your, your – Travis Kelsey's in a league of his own. Then you have Mark Andrews. Then you have, like, Goddard and Ertz when they're healthy, Kittle, uh, Dalton Schultz, TJ Hawkinson. And then after that, there's, like, a blob of, like, 15 tight ends that could finish in any order. Kyle Pitts, I know he hasn't lived up to it, but he's one of the higher upside tight ends in that group. Not many tight ends bring that same ceiling, but if he's out – I think the the only usable piece in the Falcons passing game is Drake London, who has caught a touchdown in two straight games. But even he isn't getting big volume there. But Marcus, let me just get out in front of it. <laughs> Next year, when Kyle Pitts is like the eighth or ninth tenant off the board, your boy will be there drafting him. I mean, look, we're all still going to be in on Kyle Pitts. As long as he's back healthy next year, we're going to get back in and draft him. I guess the good news for fantasy drafters is you're not going to be spending a third or fourth round pick. Yeah. You probably weren't going to be anyway just because this year was so disappointing. But now this is probably going to knock him down draft boards. But a lot of us, Florio, myself included, we're going to be right back in and ready to, to up, re up again with Kyle Pitts in 2023. Hopefully, a speedy recovery. Wish him the best. Uh, definitely a sad end to the year for him. Joe Mixon left Sunday's game against the Steelers in the second quarter. He is dealing with a concussion. Samaj so P. Ryan had a nice game in his spot, scoring three touchdowns. We'll get to waiver wire in a little bit, but how high on the priority list should P. Ryan be this week? It depends on your situation. There's no teams on by next week, so uh, that right there helps you set your lineup. And I have a couple of teams where I have 
two, three good running backs that I start each week, then I, I don't need Samaj P. Ryan for next week, so I'm not going to be aggressive going after him. But if I'm a team fighting for my playoff life and I, I need a running back, maybe I have Mixon, maybe I have, you know, just bad performances or I'm dealing with other injuries, anything like that, then yeah, then I, I'm going to be aggressive going after Samaj P. Ryan. Some big news out of Denver just coming down on Monday. The Broncos released veteran running back Melvin Gordon. Now, Gordon has had fumbling issues all throughout the season, including one on Sunday against the Raiders, although the Broncos did recover that one. Denver still has Latavius Murray and Chase Edmonds, who, however, was seen on crutches at the end of that game. So I guess there's one less person to worry about in that Broncos backfield. Does that make you feel any better about Denver running backs? I think you have to value Latavius Murray as like a, I would say, low-end RB2 or flex option moving forward. Like, I have a running back needy team where I've been starting Latavius Murray, and I feel pretty good right now, especially <laughs> uh, because moving forward, their schedule, they get the Panthers, Ravens, Chiefs, Cardinals, Rams, Chiefs uh, throughout the rest of the fantasy season. So, like, there could be good games. There are touchdown opportunities for Latavius Murray outside of him. Chase Edmonds is hurt, like you said. We don't know what they're going to do for depth. I know Marlon Mack is still on their roster, but outside of very deep leagues, I think right now Latavius Murray, until we get clarity, is the only running back to feel really good about. I think the value for Murray is that he is the lead running back. They're probably going to get most of the opportunities. The concern is that the Broncos just don't score points. I mm -hmm. mean, they, they can't get to 20 points, which is a fairly reasonable number to reach every week in the NFL and Denver just can't do it. So that's the only thing that really worries me is just that there's not a lot of scoring upside there, but in terms of volume and opportunity, Latavius Murray is going to be that guy. Now the next question for us, and we have no answer to this right now is what happens to Melvin Gordon? Does he land somewhere else? Does he end up in a new offense or is this the last we've seen of him for 2022? We'll all stay tuned to find out the answer to that part. We should also mention Ian Rappaport reported on Sunday morning that Jamar Chase could play in week 12. He's been dealing with a hip injury, has been out for almost a month. He's now off crutches, could practice and play this week coming up against the Titans. I don't think we need to go with much into it. If Jamar Chase is playing for the Bengals, he's pretty much playing for you, yeah. right? Yeah, I agreed. And I, I've been saying, like I did a PSA last week about it. I put it out on, on Twitter. Like if you're a team that's comfortably going to make the playoffs, Jamar Chase is the kind of player you should be trying to trade for. Because even if he comes back this week and is very limited, isn't himself, you just need him to be himself come week 15 on. So I, I think he's the kind of player that you should be looking to trade for if you're comfortably in the playoffs. Let's get to our five biggest takeaways from the week. We do this every single week. Come in on Monday and talk about the things we saw on Thursday and Sunday that could impact fantasy football. For you, what is the first big takeaway from what you saw? Jamal Williams is this year's James Conner. And no matter what you think about Jamal Williams, it doesn't matter. He is getting the work for the Lions. And right now, he leads the NFL with 13 and uh, goal line carries. The only other player that has double digits right now is Jalen Hurts. So when the line, it's by design too. This is what they've been doing since DeAndre Swift was fully healthy. Like when they get near the goal line, they are going to give the ball to Jamal Williams. Uh, he might not bring the safest floor every week. I think his floor is still in the high end double uh, single digits because if he doesn't get a touchdown, he's not used a whole bunch in the passing game. But James Conner finishes a top five fantasy running back off of touchdowns alone last year. Jamal Williams is easily on pace to do that again. And and right now, DeAndre Swift just not seeming to be able to get healthy. Even just you hear him talk, he doesn't sound like he's close to being healthy. It may not be till the offseason, so it still means a lot of work for James or Jamal Williams. 
David Montgomery, well, pending Justin Fields' diagnosis, David Montgomery is an RB1 until further notice. And again, this goes back to the volume situation. It's now essentially a two-man backfield with a healthy Justin Fields and David Montgomery, no Khalil Herbert for at least the next few weeks. This is a team that runs the ball more than any other team in the league. So just on that volume alone, Montgomery has a good opportunity to be productive. He's going to get some occasional targets as well in a, an offense that really has a narrowly focused target share. So things look good for him. And I know that people don't get excited about him. There's nothing really overly exciting. He's not super explosive. He's not super powerful. You don't think of him as like Derrick Henry or Saquon Barkley, but he just gets the job done. And with the number of touches that should be coming his way, he really does have a good opportunity. Now, of course, if Justin Fields is out for a significant amount of time, this all changes. But as things stand, he really does have the opportunity to be an RB1. You have another RB on your mind with your next takeaway. Alvin Kamara is an enigma. Like, he is the toughest running back, I think, to figure out, at least the toughest high-end running back, because is he an RB1? I, I can't tell you with much confidence. Like, the first month of the season, yeah, he missed some time, but in that first month, he was below eight fantasy points every game he played. Then he had a month in the middle of the season where he scored 17 and a half or more fantasy points, topping out at a game where he scored almost 43. And we were like, wow, Alvin Kamara, RB1, and all it took was Andy Dalton. <laughs> and then the last three games, he's averaging 9.9 .9 fantasy points per game again. Uh, he has only... He, in his last three games combined, I mean, he has 13 targets, so he's not getting the, the passing game volume from Andy Dalton. I don't know. I, I think Alvin Kamara... He's not what he used to be. He's maybe a high-end RB, too. I don't, he's just very tough to figure out right He really now. is tough to figure out. We did think we had it pegged with Andy Dalton, but that apparently doesn't seem to be the case. So, Godspeed to you if you're starting Alvin Kamara. We have no idea what you're going to get on a week-to-week -week <laughs> basis. For me, George Pickens is Pittsburgh's wide receiver one. And it may not seem that way if you're just looking at the straight numbers because Deontay Johnson still getting a heavy target share. He's still seeing a, a good number of opportunities each and every week. But you also look at that, and the production hasn't matched that. For, for Deontay Johnson, he has one game with 80 or more receiving yards this season. That came way back in week three. Pickens has hit 80 yards four different times. Now, we would like it. If George Pickens wasn't getting himself kicked out of ball games, we should probably try to avoid that in the future. <laughs> but you just watch how he's being used in the passing game, and he's the guy they go to when they need big plays, when they need downfield throws. He's that guy in the offense. You go back a few weeks, he's actually leading the team in air yard share. So even if it doesn't always sort of work out that way in the stat sheet, everything about how the Steelers are using George Pickens says he really is their go-to guy in the passing game right now. Yeah, he's he's an alpha wide receiver one. I, I'm very bullish on George George Pickens and what if you weren't watching that game late in that game he had a ball bounce like he should have caught it should it would have, have been a, a second touchdown. yeah another yes. touchdown and then if that <laughs> happens we're talking about George Pickens even more today absolutely last one for you and this is another sad wide receiver note here yeah, DJ Moore is not startable if Baker Mayfield is the quarterback. Is he startable with Sam Darnold? I have no idea, but right now I only feel comfortable using him if PJ Walker is the starter. In games started by Baker Mayfield this year, DJ Moore is averaging eight and a half fantasy points per game. That includes just three catches per game. Uh, the yards is less than 37 per game. It, the touchdowns are down. Everything across the board is down when Baker Mayfield plays, so... Yeah, I'm sorry. D DJ Moore's too good to drop, but right now he's 
too bad to start. He's the worst kind of fantasy player to have. I am actually impressed that the specialists were able to put together a highlight reel for DJ Moore from yesterday. <laughs> I just didn't think it was going to be possible. So kudos to you guys for, for getting that done. You know, you said you don't know what he's like with Sam Darnold. I'd like to find out because at it, some point it can't be worse, right? Exactly. Like, they scored three points yesterday with Baker Mayfield. <laughs> like, it can't be any worse. I, obviously, P.J. Walker's out for a little while, but why not? Why not just roll the dice, go with Sam Darnold, see, see how things go? If you're Steve Wilkes, what do you have to lose at this point? So, I don't know. Look at the top performers from week 11. Patrick Mahomes, 27 and a half points as he led that comeback win against the Chargers at SoFi Stadium on Sunday night. Tony Pollard went kaboom. 36.9 fantasy points for the Cowboys running back. Devontae Adams with seven catches for a buck 41 and two TDs, including the walk-off in overtime. That was good for just over 33 points. Travis Kelsey continues to Travis Kelsey. He got you 35 and a half, three touchdowns for him. Brett Maher, four field goals, including a 60-yarder. That was good for 22 points. And the commander's defense, five sacks, couple picks, and a touchdown. That was good for 19. But let's talk about Tony Pollard because yeah, I, I said that, that fantasy Twitter maybe had gone too far. They were going to put him in the Cowboys ring of honor the way they were talking about him. And I still think Ezekiel Elliott is a good running back, but – at this point, I, I can't deny Tony Pollard is that dude in the Dallas backfield. He looks explosive. He's a playmaker. And I really do think he deserves more opportunity going forward now. Yeah, and, and I think what they did yesterday should kind of be how they use their running backs moving forward. Like, Pollard played 53% of the snaps to Zeke's 30. Of the, Each had 15 carries. Zeke had the two goal line carries. He had the two touchdowns. But six targets for Tony Pollard, only one for, for Zeke. Not only did Pollard lead them when rushing yards, he led them in targets, catches, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. Like, this guy can do it all. He is a RB1 if you give him the work. I'm hopeful that this matchup leads them to continue to give Tony Pollard more work. And I, I still think, I think Zeke's fading away. And I mm -hmm. don't think you should be fooled by the two touchdowns. That was nice. Cowboys, newsflash, they're not going to score 40 points every single week. So you're not going to get those kind of opportunities for Zeke. And with Pollard doing what he did, I just think it's going to be hard to deny him those opportunities. So what was already a pretty low floor for Ezekiel Elliott gets even lower. He played 21 snaps. That was his lowest number of the season so far. So I, 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 I don't know. I think it might just be time. I think you go out and if you have Zeke right now, you find the Cowboys homer in your league. Because every <laughs> league has one. Every league has one. And you sell high. So from a current Cowboy to a former Cowboy in Amari Cooper, we were sort of joking that this was a neutral site game, so we had to throw out the home road splits. But to your credit, you also said that you would start Amari Cooper against the Bills secondary, and it paid off. Had a couple of touchdowns, over 100 yards. And look, you and I were both off Amari Cooper at the start of the year. We have both had to change our tune. He's been very, very good this year. He's a wide receiver one all the way. Yes, he doesn't bring a safe floor, but only the elite wide receiver ones, like the upper echelon guys are the only ones that don't bring, you know, some consistent week-to-week uh, -week volatility. It's just the nature of the position. But not only did Amari Cooper play this well, he took advantage of a good matchup uh, indoors. He's going to get a quarterback upgrade in two weeks when he gets Deshaun Watson back. So... Amari Cooper, not only is he a guy that you start every single week, he has league-winning potential the rest of the way. He really does, and considering you probably got him at a, something of a discount in your draft, this is a big boost for you. You talked about the enigma that is uh, uh, Alvin Kamara. Chris Olave, not an enigma. He's just a dude who makes plays. Even with Andy Dalton, with Jameis Winston, it doesn't matter. And really, look, I, 
might be fantasy rookie of the year at this point. I don't know. He's been really good, though, this season. Yeah, I, I would say he's definitely the rookie of the year at the receiver position at the, at the least. He led the Saints in every receiving category. I would like more volume than six targets, but we we saw yesterday something that we've all known except for Andy Dalton. When you throw <laughs> the ball downfield to Chris Olave, good things happen. Like The fact that this guy doesn't get multiple targets a game just downfield because not many corners can keep up with him. I don't know. I, I Obviously, Jameis Winston would be a better fit for him, but I still think with Dalton, Olave has too much upside to get away from. Just way too much upside in a in a offense that just doesn't have a lot of receiving threats. Chris Olave is that one. So at this point, if you have him, you should be starting him every week, regardless of the matchup, just because the volume and the playmaking ability is there. Josh Palmer had himself a day for the Chargers at a time when nobody expected that. We had one of our senior producers come in before the show and complain that he had <laughs> dropped Josh Palmer. I told him he wasn't alone. I had people in my mention saying they dropped Josh Palmer because, hey, Mike Williams was back and Keenan Allen was back. And why do you need Josh Palmer? Then Mike Williams gets hurt again. Keenan Allen was sort of meh. So now what do we do with Josh Palmer? <laughs> uh, I have Josh Palmer in a couple of leagues. I don't think I'm going to drop him, but next week with no teams on by, it, it depends on if Allen and Williams suit up, but I see myself getting away from Josh Palmer again. This is kind of who he is, right? Like, he's one of those players that's better in best ball, I would say. Like, he has some big games. He has some duds, and as the Chargers passing game gets more and more crowded, I, I, I see the reason to stay away from him, but I will say, man, Kadari, uh. Josh Palmer had the game that I thought Kadarius Tony was going to have last night. R.I.P. Man, Kadarius Tony obviously suffering that that hamstring injury didn't really do much. Suffered a hamstring injury. We'll certainly keep an eye on on what his status is going to be. But Josh Palmer had himself a day. So those are the guys that performed well. Let's talk about the guys who left you wanting. Who was your biggest disappointment of Week Eleven? Saquon Barkley and. Man, this was such a smash spot for him against a yeah. Lions defense that had given up a bunch of production on the ground. He turned it 15 carries into just 22 yards. He caught two of five targets for 13 yards. What I don't love is his snaps dipped below 80% for just the second time all year. We saw Matt Breida getting more involved. He, he vultured the touchdown away. It, it was a painful day. Obviously, I think better days are ahead uh, for Saquon Barkley. But I do want to point out his schedule gets pretty tough. Like the Cowboys the next week, they're so-so against the run. But then Washington has been elite at stopping running backs, one of the very best in the league. And then he gets the, Philly, uh, the Eagles after that, who are going to probably have Jordan Davis back by then. So I still think, obviously, you start Saquon every week. But... The next month could be tough. Yeah, that was frustrating. I remember I, I tuned in a little bit later in the game, and I hear Matt Breida scored a touchdown, and I was like, what is happening here? So that yeah, that, that one hurt a little bit. Damian Pierce. Now, I wasn't expecting Damian Pierce to have a big blow-up game against the Commanders, but I was expecting him to get you more than 3.7 points, and maybe some of this was just that the Texans fell behind big fairly quickly in this one and they had to kind of get away from it a little bit but just the two receptions for the nine yards couldn't get anything going on the ground you talk about Washington being so good at stopping running backs that definitely came into play it was just a bad game all around for the Texans offensively but still I felt like you could have got a much better game out of Damian Pierce than you did He's probably not your RB1, so maybe it didn't necessarily sink you, but it certainly didn't help your chances to win in Week 11. Clearly, there were some mistakes made in fantasy lineups this weekend. Let's get to a few of them sent to us by you guys over at NFL Fantasy. With this one from Celtics Champ Soon, 
Not if the Warriors have anything no, to say about no. it. No. <laughs> anyway, giving up on Najee like four weeks ago and leaving him on my bench. By the way, Sam Tavares was unhappy about my, my Warriors statement there. Um, sorry about your luck, Sam. Sorry Anyone but Boston in any sport. <laughs> that, that's always my mantra. Um, Najee Harris, I get it. Like, I get it. He's been struggling. Although, Marcus, I did tweet yesterday. I was like, this, this is by far his best game of the year. Like before, the, this is almost double up his previous best game of the year in fantasy points. But... Part of me was like, obvious sell-high candidate. He's not going to do this every week. But then the other part of me is like, man, his schedule is so good moving forward <laughs> that I'm like, I, I might just ride out with Najee Harris. I do remember, I think one of us said that he was a guy to trade for. I think we, one of us said that. I think you were ago. on him for but, that. But I, get, look, I understand, right? He's been bad all year. The Steelers' offense has been bad. So I totally understand why you decided to, to move away from him. And, yeah, that definitely hurts. Next one. This one from Theo. Benched Amari Cooper 10 minutes before kickoff for Terry McLaurin. Pain. I kind of understand this one, too. You know, Terry McLaurin against the Texans. Although the Texans aren't bad against passing defenses. But I sort of understand that. You feel like the ceiling's high. You definitely didn't think two touchdowns from Amari Cooper. So I, I can kind of excuse this one. I, I would have went Cooper, I think. But I get it. I, like, these are these are so closely ranked. I, I love Terry McLaurin's ability. He's been playing much better with Taylor Heineke, who is officially the starting quarterback Thank you. now. Thank you, Ron Rivera, for just making that change. We all appreciate that. Last one. This one from Mr. Orange. I panicked about Mike Williams and Keenan being back. Needed just a safe floor, so I started Skaronic over Palmer. Roast away. Yeah, you earned this one. Skaronic? You thought Skaronic had a safer? I, I, I mean, I guess with Williams and Allen back, but Ben Skaronic, the guy that I called Dollar General Cooper Cup? I don't think so. A, a wide receiver who plays fullback does not bring anything close to a safe floor. So, yeah, he had 1.4 fantasy points. Yeah, that, that, that's on you, Mr. Orange. At least you realize it. At least you <laughs> realized your mistake here. But, yeah, that, that was rough. General rule of thumb, don't start Ben Skaronic. We had so many questions about it, too, last yeah. week, and both of us were like, we don't get it. Don't get it. I mean, I guess everybody's panicked because no Cooper Cup, but Ben Skoranek is absolutely not the answer. Allen Robinson is more of an answer than Ben Skoranek is. He actually had a touchdown yesterday, so just, just know that going forward. Don't start Ben Skoranek. We got other guys you might be able to be starting very soon. We're going to talk about some players that can help get you to the fantasy playoffs. That's coming up next on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, 
elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to point game. King of the court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Okay, I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Your game on the go wherever you are. This is how you football with NFL plus watch live local and primetime games on mobile and listen to live game audio now through Super Bowl 57 sign up for the rest of the season with a special offer of 1999 so the trade deadline is quickly approaching in NFL.com leagues it is this Friday November 25th so you still have a couple more days to make some deals so along those lines and in the spirit of the World Cup which kicked off on Sunday we're talking about some players That will get you sort of out of the group stage and into the knockout round, a.k.a. the fantasy playoffs. So these are some guys that maybe you want to look to acquire or if you have them on your roster, you want to hold tight to some of these players to help you get through the next few weeks. So we each got three guys. Who is your first player that will get you to the playoffs? Amon Ross St. Brown, because the sun god is awesome and all of you doubters need to just stop it by now. I mean, this guy has been incredible. Uh, He has a near 40% target share since the Lions have traded TJ Hawkinson. And then the schedule upcoming is amazing. 
His next three games, the, the three weeks leading into the playoffs, he gets the Bills, Jaguars, and Vikings. In the last month, the Vikings have allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers. The Jaguars and Bills are both in the top 10. And those are games, especially against the Bills and Vikings, where if the Lions are trailing, it's just going to mean more volume for Amon Ross St. Brown. He ended the league, the season last year winning a bunch of people fantasy titles. I think he's going to do the same thing again this year. Well, you talk about what Amon Ross St. Brown is doing after the trade of TJ Hawkinson. I think TJ Hawkinson himself might help you get into the fantasy playoffs and maybe win some leagues. And we have seen from the moment he got to Minnesota, they have been using him heavily in the offense. Now, I know he didn't have a good game on Sunday, but, you know, newsflash, none of the Vikings had a good game on Sunday. But over the long haul, he's the guy who's going to be very involved in this passing game, filling in the gaps for things that Justin Jefferson can't do, which I know isn't a whole lot. But look at the schedule. He's got the Patriots, the Jets, and the Lions over the next few weeks. That's that revenge game. Against the Detroit Lions, and in a world where we just seem to be losing tight ends consistently, he's one of those guys who really does have top five tight end upside the rest of the way. So Hawkinson definitely deserves to be there. Now, we were filling out the homework, and I was totally going to fill in this name, and I got to the homework doc, and I saw that you had already beaten uh. me to it. So <laughs> we are of the same mind about this next guy here. Yeah, Justin Herbert. Uh, and if you've had Justin Herbert, I know it hasn't been the, right, the, the season that we anticipated but he does last night was his best game since week four. Keenan Allen is back. Mike Williams was back and then left with an ankle injury. But hopefully he can uh, he could continue to suit up and play. But Austin Eckler's there. Uh, the Chargers are getting healthy around Herbert. And then his schedule. The Cardinals, the Raiders, and the Dolphins in the next three weeks. Those are team, three teams that are all within the top seven right now in fantasy points per game allowed to quarterbacks on this season. So... Uh, and Herbert himself looked healthier yesterday. Like, so lots and lots of reasons to feel that uh, Justin Herbert can make up for his slow season early on with a big uh, finish down the stretch. Yeah, we saw in that opening drive, that long touchdown pass to Josh Palmer. It looked like Justin Herbert was back to being that guy again. I'm going to go with Jeff Wilson as another guy who can get you out of the group stage, so to speak, and get to the playoffs there. He has stepped in in Miami and immediately taken over as the RB1. I was skeptical after the first week, but after the second week when he again had a large snap share and a large share of the, the touches, at that point you just couldn't deny the fact that he is now the lead running back there in Miami, a team that maybe is not run first, but they are running efficiently under Mike McDaniel. And two of his next three games are just great. He's got the Texans. He's got the Chargers in week 14. Yes, in the middle of that game against the 49ers, on paper isn't great, but it is a revenge game. And they sort of know how that defense operates there. So maybe you can even see some good production from Wilson. But either way, even with just two of those three games, that should be enough to help launch you into the postseason, especially for a guy that if you drafted, you drafted late or maybe even picked up off the waiver wire, depending on your league. Staying in the AFC East, another running back that you like in that division. Ramondre Stevenson's season is just going to continue <laughs> to roll on. And, and yesterday was a tough game for him, but he, he put up good fantasy numbers because the Jets, uh, I'm sorry, the Patriots dumped the ball off a bunch to him against a tough Jets defense. And we did see more Damian Harris, but I think that was a... Uh, that was just because it was a weird, very close game in bad weather. Uh, but his schedule, the Vikings on paper are a tough matchup. But again, if the Patriots are falling behind in that game or needing to put up points, expect a lot of dump-offs. The Bills have been ran all over as of late, and the Cardinals have struggled against running backs all year long. So if you have Stevenson on your roster right now, continue to ride out with him, and I think you will like the results that he gives you. 
Well, I got last one. If you are streaming quarterbacks or you just lost somebody or have somebody who's underperforming, Jimmy Garoppolo could be a nice addition for you. Maybe you trade for him. Maybe you just find him on the waiver wire. And I've been saying for the last couple of weeks, this isn't so much about Garoppolo as a player because we sort of know who he is, but it is about the weapons around him, and it's also about the matchups. I mean, the Saints defense has not been great this year. Yes, they had an okay game against the Rams, but the Rams right now are just kind of a disaster offensively. The Dolphins are prone to giving up some points. That could be a very high-scoring game with Miami. And yeah, the Bucks defense has been kind of tough, but again, just so many weapons for Garoppolo to get the ball out to. The schedule is really favorable, especially once you get to the fantasy playoffs. So if you're streaming or if you're in a two QB league, Garoppolo really does have some upside for you that could maybe help you get closer to a championship. Let's get to some of the top waiver wire targets heading into week 12. Florio, who you got? Deshaun Watson starts at the top because he is officially back, not this week, the week after, and you want him if you need a quarterback. Marcus Mariota's been putting up good numbers. He's a good streaming option this week against Washington. So is Ryan Tannehill if you're going a little bit deeper at quarterback. Uh, and then some running backs, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, who was the lead runner last night, could be the same case against the Rams this week. Gus Edwards, because the Ravens' backfield was a mess once again. Samaj P. Ryan because of what happened to Joe Mixon. James Cook. He got a lot of volume this week. So did Tyler Algier as the Falcons clearly look like they are splitting that backfield. Then some wide receivers. Christian Watson, who's still available in just under half of leagues. That needs to change. Uh, Paris Campbell, I'm going to continue to talk him up as I will continue to talk up. George Pickens, Traylon Burks had a really big game on TNF. He's worth a pickup. Darius Slayton, who has been playing good ball, and now Wandell Robinson tore his ACL. The Giants are very, very thin at receiver. Demarcus Robinson had the best game by a Ravens wide receiver since Marquise Brown in early 2019. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones had a big game, or maybe it was 2020. I don't know uh, for that one. <laughs> Jamison Williams, who's back uh, off of the pup and could be back in our fantasy live soon. David Njoku and Jawan Johnson round out the tight end position. Well, let's start with, with Gus Edwards because it looked like he was close to playing this week. He was ruled out, didn't play. Kenyon Drake was just okay, but... Edwards, I think when he comes back, goes back to being the lead running back in a very run-heavy offense. The Ravens were not great offensively. So Edwards does, I think, have a role. But any concern that this becomes just kind of a, a messy three-headed attack here? It, I do have concerns about that, but I still think Gus Edwards, if he is healthy, he will be the lead runner in a great matchup against the Jaguars. And the Ravens are clearly a team that if they can just run the ball, they are going to do so. I thought Kenyon Drake might be taking over here, but Kenyon Drake has been an enigma in his own right. Like, he said some huge games, and then, like, the next week, he just completely disappears and can't do anything. So, uh, he's so up and down that I think Gus Edwards will kind of take over the lead role by default. The other thing to keep an eye on that could really complicate matters is technically J.K. Dobbins is eligible to come back at any time. The Ravens haven't signaled that they're going to do that. They certainly want him to get healthy and ready to go for any playoff run, but if he comes back, then this really becomes a sticky situation in Baltimore. James Cook got some opportunities yesterday in a game that you know, we both like Devin Singletary, and he had a really nice game. You want to talk about another guy that's hard to figure out when and how they're using James Cook. I haven't really put a finger on it, but after what he did on Sunday, it feels like you can't really ignore him. Yeah, the Bills became the first team all year to have two running backs rush for at least 86 yards in a game. Only one team did it all of last year, and it's pretty ironic after we spent the whole last week talking about how the Bills can't run the ball, that they become the first team to do something like that. <laughs> James Cook had 11 carries, 
Two targets, the same number as Devin Singletary. He was even used in goal-to-goal situations. Singletary is still the lead back here, but James Cook is very explosive. So even if he's getting, you know, like 12 touches a game, he can do a lot of damage with that. I think he's worth picking up because the Bills clearly want to emphasize running the ball moving forward, I would say. And they get a good matchup to do so next week against the Lions. So James Cook back in the mix here. I know he was a guy that a lot of people liked. I know Adam Rank was a big James Cook fan at the start of the season. Now maybe it looks like he's starting to pick some things up there. Another rookie who got off to a slow start, mostly because of injury, Traylon Burks. And you mentioned he had the big game on Thursday night against the Packers. And now this is a couple weeks in a row that we've seen Burks in the mix. You know, he was sort of being compared to A.J. Brown, kind of as a lesser A.J. Brown. And maybe he is turning into a lesser A.J. Brown. That's not a bad thing, especially for a team that really doesn't have any wide receivers. Yeah, and and what we saw from Burks was huge last week. He led them with eight targets, seven catches, 111 receiving yards, twice one downfield. I believe two of his catches went for uh, one I know was for 51 yards. I think another one was like 40-something, but it might have been in the 30s. Either way, seeing him win downfield is exactly what we want. He A lot of upside there worth picking up. Not sure if I get him in my starting lineup next week against a, a tough Bengals secondary with no teams on by, but certainly a player that I want on my roster if I can get him. Absolutely, and you know, again, with not a lot of options in the passing game, I mean, Robert Woods has been okay, but we don't really trust Nick Westbrook-Akine on a week-to-week basis. There's nobody there that really is going to demand a whole lot of targets. So Traylon Burks could be that guy. We talked a little bit about Samaj P. Ryan at the top of the show. Joe Mixon dealing with a concussion. Now, I know you said that you wouldn't necessarily go all in on P. Ryan, depending on your situation there. But I do think he's going to be a popular ad this week. Yeah, like if you're in need of a running back to start for week 12, he should be your top target. If you need someone more like rest of season, then I think like Gus Edwards gets gets a uh, and put over him but again if Joe Mixon is out and I kind of expect him to be we've seen a lot of teams this year when ever since the two thing when a player gets a concussion they tend to be out uh, the next week more often than not so if that's the case we know look he's not going to give you Joe Mixon like numbers but we know he brings a high ceiling he had 30 fantasy points this week we've seen him fill, fill in nicely in the past I think we kind of know what we're going to get with Samaj and P. Ryan. We, we do. And he's the guy, though, they, they still like him in kind of the two-minute offense. He's the guy they like to catch the football. I know they've kind of gone to Mixon a little bit more in that respect, but P. Ryan continues to be that guy. So he always has, you know, like maybe not a high floor, but a semi-stable floor just because he can catch the football. Speaking of catching the football, Jawan Johnson just keeps doing it. And there's nothing flashy about him. There's nothing spectacular about him. Three for 47 and a touchdown. And this is what, I think four or five weeks in a row that we're talking about Jawan Johnson getting in the end zone. So I tweeted yesterday that it just doesn't seem sustainable because, you know, I always like to say touchdowns are fickle beasts. But uh, while he's hot, I don't know, pick him up. At least have him on the roster, even if you're not starting him now. Yeah, and and, I mean, like I have a roster where I have him and Kyle Pitts, and now that we lost Kyle Pitts, like I'm just comfortably going to plug in Jawan Johnson. Like you said, five touchdowns in his last five games combined, including at least one in four of those, like – He's just consistently being used in the red zone for the Saints. And I know only one of those games where he has more than five targets, but he's still sitting around four each week. Again, the floor is not very safe at all. And we saw that a couple weeks ago when he didn't score a touchdown and gave you less than three fantasy points. But 
when we're talking about a tight end, a touchdown is enough to make you a tight end one, and he is a safer bet of scoring them than many others. He really does. So, Juwan Johnson, if you don't have him, go go get him if you need a tight end. If nothing else, just to keep him away from your opponents. <laughs> so those are the guys you should be picking up. That means there are some guys that you can probably drop. So who should we be saying goodbye to now? I'm going to stick with the same team in the same position, kind of. Uh, I think you can <laughs> drop Taysom Hill. Look, it was really fun that game where he had 34 fantasy points, and we were like, not many tight ends bring the same ceiling and that has been true the issue is he's top double digit fantasy points once since that big game in week five and his floor is like zero points like literally a week ago he had 0.1 fantasy points a week before that he had 1.1 i think you could get away from doing the whole Taysom hill thing and then sadly james robinson Mm. because james robinson played the Third most snaps among Jets running backs yesterday. Ty Johnson is now getting used a little bit more than he is. Robinson's not getting used in the passing game. He is a plotter who's getting used on like short yard situations on a team that is struggling very much so on offense. I think unless you're in a deep league where any running back that has a pulse is worth rostering, you can get away from James Robinson. I was forced to start him in a league yesterday. I didn't have high hopes, and those hopes were met. So, yeah. It's been it's been a good run. Hopefully he's able to get healthy, healthier and be back mm-hmm. next year. But yeah, this year just not really working out for him. A couple guys that you can let go of for me. Chase Claypool, for one, who's rostered in a shocking number of NFL.com leagues. I think it's more than 70%. And at this point, there's no reason because the Bears passing game is pretty much Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. As we mentioned at the top of the show, if Justin Fields is seriously injured and has to miss some time, then even those guys really aren't options. But Chase Claypool not getting any significant looks. I don't even know if he's really running that many routes in the Bears offense. So you can easily say goodbye to Claypool and replace him with somebody else. And Adam Thielen. And here's the thing. It's not that like Thielen has been just awful. He's just been so middle of the road that I think, especially if you're in a 10-team league, if you're talking 12-team, then then we can still have this conversation about Thielen. But if you're in a 10-team league or less, there's just no reason to keep Thielen there. He's not getting enough catches. He's not getting enough yards. He's not scoring touchdowns. That touchdown regression that we have been warning about for years seems to have finally hit him. And so because of that, he's not getting you enough that you feel comfortable starting him. Even if he's not doing enough that you feel comfortable dropping him, you can probably drop him because – you're just not going to put him in the lineup. And so at this point, what are you holding on to him for? He's pretty much just taking up a bench spot for you, which does you really no good. Going to wrap up the show with some Madden movers. The players from Sunday we think deserve a boost on the video game side of things. So who do you think deserves a little bit of extra love after this week? Vanilla Vic. Yeah. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones, whatever you like to call him, he needs to be ranked higher in Madden right now. He's currently a 73 My man went out this week. He's currently a top five fantasy quarterback on the week after he dropped almost 25 fantasy points. He now has over 18 in three of his last four games. He's running really well. I know he turned the ball over a couple of times yesterday, but he's been doing a much better job taking care of the ball. Uh, And again, what he's doing with his legs deserves credit. Over 20 rushing yards in every game, but one that being said, though, Marcus, I don't love him next week against the Dallas Cowboys. Do not love him against the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he really has been a matchup-based starter. He's done a very good job in the right matchup, but I don't think we have any illusions that he's just a plug-and-play guy each and every week. Demarcus Robinson had a huge game. There wasn't much to talk about with the Ravens' offense on Sunday against the Carolina Panthers, but Demarcus Robinson had himself a day, nine catches and 128 yards. We've been trying to figure out – What other pass catchers not named Mark Andrews we can count on? Now, I'm not 
going to say that we should be rushing out to pick up and start Demarcus Robinson. But if for whatever reason you started him, congrats. You are a wizard. But the rest of us uh, are probably not going to be you know, going down that road anytime soon. But he had a great game on Sunday, and we should acknowledge that. And maybe the folks at Madden should give him a little bit of a knock because of that as well. Any other players you think deserve a boost? Paris Campbell, who's a 76 right now on Madden, and that needs to go up. And, and I'm going to continue to talk up Paris Campbell. Uh, coming into this week, I've been saying he had at least 18 fantasy points in every game with Matt Ryan, the last three with Matt Ryan, that is. Yesterday, over 11 fantasy points in a really tough matchup against the Eagles. It shows that he brings a very safe floor as long as Matt Ryan is the quarterback. And what I love, he... Not only did they use him on short yard stuff, you see this play right here if you're watching the video one that got the Colts into into within the five-yard line. Like, they're throwing him downfield. The next play, it was an end zone target that was designed for Paris Campbell. He didn't catch it, but, you know, like, good things, good signs for Paris Campbell. So, Paris Campbell, a guy who's been so much better with Matt Ryan at quarterback, guy who's been fairly good all year long at quarterback, has been Jacoby Brissett. And... I said a couple weeks ago, he's been good enough in real football, but maybe not good enough to crack your lineup in fantasy. On Sunday, though, he had himself a day, 324 passing yards, three touchdowns, even ran for nearly 30 yards, 26 points out of Jacoby Brissett. Now, mind you, this is not going to be his job very much longer once Deshaun Watson comes in, then Brissett goes back to the bench, but... You know what? If this is one of the last things we see of Jacoby Brissett in 2022, it was a pretty good way for him to maybe end his season. So I think all the folks at Madden should probably give him a little bit of love before uh, he goes back to the sideline for the Cleveland Browns. Just a reminder before we go that, you know, as we say all the time, if you subscribe to one of our shows, you get all of our shows in your podcast feed. So you can subscribe to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, you can subscribe to the Q&A Show, or the Stardom Sit'em Show, and you get all of them. Plus, you can catch us five days a week in the NFL Fantasy app, the NFL Fast Channels, and on YouTube at youtube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. By the way, if you haven't already, you should check out NFL Fantasy Game Day on Sunday. It also streams in all of those same places. In the meantime, for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, may your coffee be strong and your Mondays be short. Be safe, take care of yourselves, and we'll talk to you on Wednesday. 